Hey everyone, my name is David. I'm the campus pastor of New Spring Spartanburg, and I just want to welcome you to New Spring at Home. We are so glad that you are joining us for Church Online today. I want to encourage you, grab your Bibles and your notebooks and your pens, gather your family around, and let's get ready to worship together. Let's get ready to hear God's Word preached together. And I want you to know that the church is not about a building. The church is the people of God gathered together under the name of Jesus Christ, and you are the church today wherever you are. And we are honored to have you with us. So you guys enjoy the service. Hey there, welcome to New Spring at Home. We are so glad that you're joining us today. In a time where we are socially distant, we have an opportunity to be spiritually connected as a New Spring family. And about that, we are pumped. I'm gonna encourage you today to lean into what God has for you today. During the worship, sing out loud, maybe even stand to your feet. If you feel like you need to jump around, jump around. And later during the teaching, lean in. There is so much that God wants to say. But before we jump into our service, can I begin with a promise? Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him. I've been holding on to that promise, would you? That as we trust in God, as we lean into Him, as we hold on to Him, that peace and hope would fill our hearts and our homes in Christ Jesus. Let me pray and we're gonna jump into an incredible time of worship. O God of peace, we lean into You. O God of hope, we trust in You. Do what only You can do in our lives and through our lives in this season. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Let's worship. Let's sing together. prosper when the darkness falls won't prevail cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph and my God will never fail yes my God will never fail and I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord And I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord There's power. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. And I'm not backing down from any giant. Cause I know how this story ends. Yes, I victory I'm gonna see a victory 
truth together in all of our homes that only our God can take what the enemy meant for evil and he can turn it for good in our lives. There's this scene where this man named Moses was standing before the Lord and God had given him a task that seemed like 
man, it could have filled him with a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty. And so he asked God this question and many of us are questioning God right now and that's okay. He says, who should I tell them is sending me? What is your name? And God responds, I am who I am. And that may seem like an open-ended response, maybe a, a broad answer, but here's the good news for us, that whatever you need, he says, I am. If you need peace, he says, I am. And not just the feeling of peace, he is the person of peace filling your home. If you need joy today, he says, I am. If you need salvation, he says, I am. Maybe you need faith to well up in your home. It says in Hebrews 11, that he is faith, that he's the author, the perfecter of our faith in Hebrews 12. So if you need him to bring you faith today, he says, I am. And no matter what you need, we can declare in faith, that is who you are. So Father, in this place, in all of our homes, we believe that you are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. And we will bless your name. You're in this place. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. He's here. You are here. He's moving, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Cause you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We believe it, that you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here. You're touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're healing every heart. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you. You are here. You're turning around we see I worship you yes I worship you you are here men's in every heart I worship you
faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So let faith rise in our homes as we sing this together. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop. Well, we believe that. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, no. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Cause you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light. declare it. That is who you are. Peace is who you are. Peace is who you are. Peace is who you are. Joy. Joy is who you are. And joy is who you are. Joy is who you are. Joy is who you are. Yes, you are. Bring revival. Bring salvation. Breathe on us. Bring it, Lord, to our homes. Bring revival to our homes. Bring revival to our homes. Bring revival to our homes. Yes, we pray, Lord. Bring revival to our homes. Bring revival to our homes. Bring revival to our homes. Let that be your prayer in your home. Come on, every person. Bring revival to our homes. Bring revival to our homes. Bring revival to our homes. We pray. Bring awakening. Bring awakening to our homes bring awakening to our homes bring awakening to our homes yes we pray Lord bring awakening to 
our prayer, Jesus, bring revival to our homes, bring life into our homes, bring peace into our homes, bring joy into our homes. And we really do believe that as we have worshiped God, this is becoming a reality in this moment. Uh, we're gonna continue our worship with a time of giving. Uh, if you are already lent into our New Spring family, you can go to newspring.cc or open your New Spring app and follow along the steps so that you can give. Uh, if you don't usually come along to New Spring Church, and we know there are a lot of people lent in right now who don't usually come along to New Spring. In fact, last week we had 77 different countries um, watch in on what was happening here at our New Spring at Home service. And, and if you go along to an, another church normally, I beg you, I plead with you, in this season, lean into your church like never before. Connect with your pastor, contact whoever you need to contact and work out how you can continue to faithfully give in this season. Your pastor and your church needs your faithful giving more now than ever where we come to a time of teaching. And so I encourage you right now, in your homes, get prepared. Um, maybe choose a leader right now, someone who's going to lead the discussion. One of the really cool things that happened last week is we had opportunities to talk about the things that we were feeling, to talk about the things that we were thinking. And we wanna do that again. So maybe right now, choose a leader to lead that discussion. Or, and you might wanna choose somebody else to, to hit the pause button uh, to, no, to, to govern those times where we're chatting. So get that done right now. Are you ready? It's gonna be an incredible day as we hear an amazing message from one of our teaching pastors, Meredith Knox. So prepare your hearts and get ready for this great message. Come on, put your hands together. Let's go. Come on. Thank you, Dan. Hey, uh, church family, I don't know about you, but I love to sing praises to God. I've even loved this week seeing your families across the state uh, play those kids spring videos. And I've seen some parents dancing with their kids as uh, you worship to what your children would normally be worshiping to on a Sunday. It's been amazing. And speaking of families and what I've seen um, with your families over the past uh, week or two, um, it's got me thinking a lot about my family. You know, we're all cooped up with our family right now. I am the youngest of three. I have two older brothers, and um, I'm sure some parents can attest to this. We fought just some, um, mainly over uh, the object of possessions, specifically over the possession of food. Now, with two older brothers, I grew up in a Hunger Games type of reality that if I didn't eat fast, I didn't eat. I mean, you, some of you have teenage boys, some of you are teenage boys, and you know there's like this insatiable hunger that you seem to never be full. But the thing was, I had an added benefit, I was the baby girl. And so growing up as the baby girl, maybe my dad spoiled me a little bit, and we would go to dinner, just us, and we'd go to dinner, and I mean, my dad would get me whatever I wanted. I mean, my uh, food of choice at the time was Bojangles, 
love me some Bojangles. I'd go and I'd get me the, uh, the Cajun filet biscuit with cheese, by the way. That's a life hack. Um, the side of fries, the sweet tea, and a sweet potato pie. That's right, no judgment. But I would always have leftovers. And so I'd take my leftovers home, but I knew once I entered the house, I was entering a battlefield where I had to protect my precious leftovers. So I'd go to the refrigerator, make sure my brothers were somewhere else. And I found a corner of the refrigerator where you get a jar of mayonnaise and you like are building a barricade. And we always had a weird jar of pickles. Like, I don't, not sure where they came from, but put that there, the gallon of milk, anything that I could do to protect my leftovers because I knew my brothers were going hunting sooner or later. But here's the thing about my leftovers. They weren't something I had to fight to get. My dad bought that for me. My leftovers were just something I had to fight to keep. And I thought of this story in this time because I think that's peace right now for so many of us. Christian, let me encourage you today. Peace is your possession. Our dad bought that for us. It belongs to you. It is our inheritance. And there's a world right now waging around it. And I just want to encourage you that peace belongs to you. How do I know this? Well, because Jesus made us a promise. And one thing I know about Jesus, when he makes a promise, he intends to keep it. And it says this in John 14, 27, the words of our savior. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Church family, wherever you are, write this down if you're taking notes. Peace isn't something we fight to get. Peace is something we fight to keep. And so right now, I would just love to encourage you around your rooms. Um, why don't you go ahead and pause for a little bit of discussion and ask this question. What is the main thing that you feel coming after your peace right now? Let's talk about it for a few minutes. Well, hey, I don't know um, everybody's answer to that question, uh, but one thing I do know, whatever your answer was, Jesus understands. Because make no mistake, in all of his deity, Jesus was also fully human. He created our humanity. And can I encourage you, God loves your humanity God loves your humanity. He created your humanity. Jesus chose to come and take the form of humanity. And Jesus knows what it means, what it feels like to feel like your peace is being warred over. Like there's a war just swirling around trying to come after your peace. And I believe it is Jesus who teaches us how to keep it. And so just a little background um, behind this, this John 14 uh, scripture Jesus says this just hours before he is about to be arrested, before he's about to be abandoned, before he's about to be dehumanized and beaten and mocked and nailed to a tree and ultimately crucified and killed. So when he says this to his disciples, when they're gathered around the table and he's giving some, some parting words, some, some parting encouragement, what he's telling them, hey, this isn't just a promise I'm giving you. This is an example I'm setting for you to follow. I'm about to show you a peace that is battle tested, that no matter what, you can keep your peace because I'm about to keep mine. Hey, y'all, disciples, watch this. So since we can't go many places right now in our world, I would love for us to take a walk with Jesus today and see the ultimate keeper of the peace, 
How did he keep his? Because he's gonna be the one who empowers us to keep ours, all right? So I've got three things for us today from the life of Jesus that I think are going to empower us to keep the peace. Number one, we gotta face reality. Did you know that Jesus was acutely aware of the darkness going on in the world? He was acutely aware of the horrific things that sin was causing in the world around him. If you fast forward even just moments after this conversation in John 14, we find Jesus in a garden. And if you go and you read Matthew and Mark, it says that in this moment, he was sorrowful even to the point of death. It says that he even asks his friends to come with him just so he doesn't have to be alone as he's going through some of these final moments. Look, I mean, look at the severity of this language in Luke 22. It says this, and he, Jesus, withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he prayed there saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. I want you to, to look at some of this strong verbiage. I mean, agony, sweat like blood that was falling to the ground. I mean, this scene is heart wrenching. And Hebrews 5 says that this scene was not unique either, that Jesus would offer up often prayers with loud cries and with tears. Jesus was in a battle for his peace. So I wanna tell you today, I do not think the peace of Jesus looks like blind optimism, but I do think that it looks like wild desperation. Church family, we cannot be blind to the reality of what's going on right now to the reality of the real pain that people are going through, the real devastation, it should actually cause us to take a harder look at what's going on around, around us and ask God to break our hearts over it. Something should happen to us when we see a mom in a grocery store crying because she cannot find the food that she needs for her family. Something should happen inside of us when we hear about people losing their jobs as, as waitresses and as public service workers and businesses that are on the verge of, of closing. That should do something to us. We should face that reality. Our hearts should break for those who are legitimately losing family members right now over this disease. But let me tell you what it should cause is not devastation, but just a wild desperation for the presence of God to come and to meet us right where we are, because that's what we see Jesus doing. In the garden, Jesus does not ignore the fact that what is about to happen is horrific. He does not play, he does not pray simply, and he does not pray politely, by the way. Some of us need to pray a lot less politely and get wild in our petition to God to face the reality of what's going on in our world. We face reality and it causes us to look upward and to beg God to come and meet us in our situation. That's our Savior's example. And so that's what we are meant to follow. So right now, I would love for us to just pause again. And why don't you define some reality in your room? Maybe it's for you personally. You're on the verge of, you're not sure about your job and you're like, we need to pause and pray. I'm telling you, maybe the strongest thing many of you can do right now is to get vulnerable about the reality of what's going on in your life and ask for prayer around it. Maybe it's a loved one. But let's pause. Let's define the reality of what's going on right now in our rooms.
So now that we've defined reality a little bit, how many of us are thankful? That's not where the story stops because we're gonna keep going and following Jesus on this journey. Uh, We're gonna face reality, but then number two, what we see Jesus doing is we're going to listen to God. We're gonna listen to God. If you continue in Jesus's trajectory, uh, I'd love to invite you to go read the last three to four chapters of literally any of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see the wording that people used around Jesus's final moments. I mean, some of the most terrible things that one person can say to another person. One of them being, I mean, Jesus's best friend literally denies he even knows him in his most desperate form of life. There's one point um, in one of the gospels where they've literally chained Jesus up. And as they're beating him, they're still mocking him saying, why don't you prophesy to us now, great teacher? They're telling him, hey, you're a perverter of truth. And as, as they're doing this, can you imagine looking in the face of the truth and saying you're perverting it? Even as he's walking with his cross to die for the sins of the world, people are yelling at him in the mob. I mean, people who just praised him the day before are crying out, crucify him, crucify him. Even while he's on the cross, they are still mocking him, saying, hey, you're so powerful, why can't you get down now? So much, I mean, a mob, a swirling of negativity around Jesus at all times. But you know what I think is so funny about this time? With all the loudness swirling around Jesus, we actually see him saying very little. He's actually quite quiet in the last moments of his life. And I believe that's the case because I believe Jesus was doing a lot more listening than he was speaking because he knew that only the voice of his father, the voice of peace was going to be able to empower him to get through the hardest thing anyone will ever get through. There's even a moment, a beautiful pause on the cross Jesus has said almost nothing up until this point. And one of the only things, one of the only things we hear Jesus say in the midst of our sin that was nailing him to a cross is he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You don't just get to a prayer life like that. Through scripture, it shows us that Jesus would often withdraw to be by himself to just listen for the voice of his father. I wanna encourage you today, church, no matter where you are around the world, we have to be more desperate for the voice of God right now than anything else. Just like Jesus, there is a swirling rage of negativity around us at all times in this moment. Let us be those who are found kneeling and bowing and saying, I just need to hear God. Maybe the only thing, the strongest thing that you can do in your homes today, turn off the iPads, the phones for just a few moments and sit in silence and see if God does not draw in to meet you there and to speak profoundly to you. It says those who draw near to God, He loves to draw near to. And so often drawing near just looks like pausing, waiting, listening. So we're gonna do that now, church. This is not a question to think through. Uh, This is actually just a moment for all of you to pause to lean into the silence in a world that is yelling and to see if you don't hear a still, small whisper. Holy Spirit, speak now as we take this time to listen to you. Let me tell you what I'm believing. I'm believing that many of you just heard the voice of God. I kind of hope that some of you already turned this off. 
because you're so wrecked by the presence of God that you just had to, you broke out in a worship service in your room. Your nine-year-old's not sure what's happening, but they're about it. I hope that's what's happening. But we gotta keep on the trajectory because this story's not over. As our Savior who prayed, Father, forgive them, then goes to die for the sins of the world. But how many of us know that's not where the story ends? Because number three, we're going to declare victory. We're gonna face reality. We're gonna listen to God, but we're gonna declare victory. Come on now, somebody. I'm gonna read Luke 24, and uh, we're gonna declare the victory together. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Church, can I encourage you today, the proclamation that the angels first declared, the evangelism that the women first bust into homes with where the disciples were hiding, God is risen, that we serve a risen Savior which means that no matter how threatening the opposition may seem, no matter how dark the night, victory is declared to us because we follow a victorious Savior. I've been thinking about this all week long, that church of all time in history for such a time as this, this is our shot. This is our shot. I've been praying that my voice today would be like Mary's as she first burst through the doors of that home where the disciples were hiding and declaring, He is not there for He is risen, that the same proclamation that first mobilized the church would mobilize the church again in these times. When Peter first stood on a street corner where thousands had gathered wondering what is going on in a time that was unstable where people were looking for hope and light, that my voice would now be like Peter's again, that first mobilized people that would mobilize the church again. Hey, we serve a risen Savior. This is our chance. This is our chance to declare victory. More so than ever in my lifetime, at least, people are realizing they don't have a firm foundation. They're, they're grasping around for light. They're grasping around for some kind of, of direction and hope, and that can be us. Let them see our Savior through our actions. This is our chance. I love what I saw, a story from Northeast Columbia of a young man who, who didn't know what else to do, so he set up a, a drive-through prayer booth in the entryway of his neighborhood, just saying, I don't know what to do, but I know that God has given me a peace to keep. And so I'm gonna keep it in this moment. I'm gonna pray for people as they're entering and exiting our neighborhood. I've seen this as, um, there was a woman from our Powdersville campus who was in a grocery store and saw a mom crying because she couldn't find the food for her family. And she, of all the people in the grocery store, she was the one who stopped and paused, asked how she could help, and she prayed. I love how I saw in the news this week a man who now is in the presence of God because he was an Italian priest and he gave up his ventilator to a younger man so that that younger man could live. He literally gave up his life and is now standing in the presence of our Savior because he knew this reality. This is my chance. Everything that I've preached about, everything that I've declared, I can now live. Church, this is where our faith goes from fantasy and Instagram captions to a life-giving, hope-breathing, peace-dealing reality of the presence of God. This is our shot. Let it stir us up today. I don't know what you can do, but I know we can all do something because if it's not now, then when? If it's not us, then who?
the keepers of the peace, partnering with the ultimate keeper of the peace to now impart that peace to a world who so desperately needs it. This is our shot. And I believe church that we can do it. We don't stick our heads in the sand and we don't preach idle promises. We're face reality, but we're gonna listen to our God and we're gonna declare the victory of the Lord, amen? So come on, we're gonna pray now to the ultimate keeper of the peace and ask him for, ask for him to move in our homes and in our families and our communities. So y'all pray this with me. Lord, we thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit. You've not abandoned us. We know you will never leave us or forsake us. We are ready to be taught by your Spirit. We are listening. Right now, speak your peace over me. We receive the peace that only you can give, Lord. Your word says we should rejoice always and we will. In these uncertain times, we see you at work in our world. You are with us right now. Your peace will guard our hearts and our minds. We will not give into fear because we trust you. We make our requests to you, heal the sick. Lord, protect the vulnerable. Bring a quick end to this pandemic. We declare your victory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, what an incredible word. This is our time, here is our opportunity. In the darkest night, that's when light shines the brightest. In the craziest panic, that's where our peace given and our peace kept will speak the loudest. Church, here is our opportunity to be the church in the middle of the chaos and bring so much life into our world. Well, it's our hope that you would join us again this time next week. We're gonna do a special communion service as well. And so if you wanna get prepared for this time next week with some, some bread or some juice or like a Pop-Tart or some chocolate milk, whatever you guys have in your household, you can use it because we're gonna break bread and celebrate what Jesus did for us on that cross this time next week. It is our honour and our privilege to be with you in this season in the highs and the lows, the twists and the turns, know that we here, your New Spring family, are right there with you. We are a life-giving church marked by the presence of God, activating us to impact the people around us. And I love this chance we get in this season to be the church more than ever. God bless you. We love you. Lean into newspring.cc. If you need any resources for your kids or if you stepped into a leadership role you didn't know you were stepping into, we have so much for you in that resource. But until we see you again, God bless, stay safe, and we'll see you soon.